just quickly, you are looking at investments, for example, in CDC, where the public health workforce and infrastructure really tries to uh, provide all the jurisdictions across the U.S. Good day and welcome to another Inscast podcast. I'm Bill Sawicki, Managing Editor of Healthcare IT News, a Hims Media publication. Today, our subject is how recent investments in infrastructure and data modernization in it present an opportunity for public health transformation. My guest is Dr. Oscar Allen, formerly Director of Epidemiology and Public Health Planning at Rockland County Health Department in New York, and now Managing Director of the Public Health Division inside the Health Federally Funded Research and Development Center operated by METER, a not-for-profit working in the public interest with mission-driven teams dedicated to solving problems for a safer world. Welcome, Oscar. Thank you very much for having me. It's really a pleasure. So let's jump right in. Uh, We have plenty to cover. First, uh, coordination between public health and healthcare is really essential to be responsive to the needs of the community and ready for any new and, and emerging threat. You say recent investments in infrastructure and data modernization initiatives present an opportunity for public health transformation. So first of all, what are these investments? When you look at the investments in, as we would call it, our health system, uh, you actually started to uh, uh, spare the conversation about there's even a difference between public health uh, and health care. So the investments in health care has been very substantial over the course of time. Whereas now, especially as a result of the American Rescue Plan and, of course, uh, coming out of the pandemic, we've seen a greater investment in the public health workforce. And the public and the public health workforce not only comprises of the individuals who are governmental public health, whether they are state, local, tribal, territorial, but also the abilities to bring the IT infrastructure up to code, for lack of a better word, so that everyone at least has the level playing field to be able to not only synthesize data and communicate in a way to really ensure that we have a well and robust system that allows us uh, to ensure people have better, healthy, and safer lives. So just quickly, you are looking at investments, for example, in CDC, where the public health workforce and infrastructure really tries to uh, provide all the jurisdictions across the U.S. with the ability to really strengthen their training and technical needs. Likewise, we also see uh, the investments in the community health centers who are also providing care and, uh, of course, the primary and the, and the preventive care efforts to truly ensure that people are addressing equitably uh, the ways communities can really have uh, better access to care, better technologies, and ensure that their data systems are not out of sync. Well, you, you laid out the investments very nicely. So tell me. Uh, how do these investments present an opportunity to transform public health? Sure. So it's interesting because there's so much data or so much information that's really thrown out there as far as where's the money going? What is the money actually doing? And how does it really truly transform uh, and provide those outputs? Now, one of the things I must say is that public health data is relying on a lot of information. There are so many different processes that are in place. There's still jurisdictions that are using fax machines 
or even a hard paper, for lack of a better word. So these systems can be very labor-intensive to not only enter data, but to get them out to be able to make informed decisions. So if you think about it, uh, if you're able to have a system or a better interoperable set of systems that allow you to get information at a speed of light, in addition to be providing you as either a provider or as a public health professional, the ability to make informed decisions about how well uh, individual safety, their their health status, uh, or in the case of infectious disease, their emerging conditions that can truly get us in front of uh, hard points before we have to make uh, you know subsequent changes like we've done in the past uh, with the pandemic. So public health authorities have that responsibility to reduce the burdens of not only the communities but also the medical providers. And this is this investment, this transformation allows us to not only think more efficiently but act more effectively in how you monitor your state of disease and how you're able to put interventions and other strategies to improve your health and wellness for generations to come. That's fantastic. Um, on another front, you suggest that the industry needs investment in workforce alongside infrastructure. So I'm hoping you can elaborate a little bit there. Certainly. Now, when we think about upgrading things such as electronic, public health data, vital record system, uh, the infrastructure, the policy to help to ensure that these systems are optimized, uh, all of those things are investments in, if I can call it this way, items and things, and in, in, in our terms, widgets. But in order to build widgets or to make sure the widgets are used effectively, we also have to deal with what is most important investment in the people. And the people are those who are going to be able to not only ensure that they're properly trained or able to keep these systems going and in the provision of those services to the communities. We are all in the business of people. So you need people in order to be able to support and keep these systems alive in order to be effective in how we're able to um, be supportive of having good health outcomes. So, for example... Workforce investments allow you to have response-ready staff, uh, allow you to extend that workforce that we saw to other non-traditional partners or others who have been unsung heroes. We saw that with the COVID pandemic, the role of the community health workers. They have always been an extension of the public health workforce, but oftentimes people did not necessarily consider them as such. But their value is one that shows if you train an individual who has that ground-level interaction in a host of uh, various skill sets, they can help optimize the delivery of care in addition to support of how communities feel more trusted and caring. And likewise, taking sh making sure that these investments cross disciplines so that we're not just um, uh, masters or, or I should say uh, experts of one thing, but experts of as much as possible to ensure that we are not replicating our uh, investments or we're not duplicating efforts as we seek to do the optimal thing of improving health and safety and wellness. Okay. Uh, um, so I got another question for you. Uh, why do you believe we need integration and focus centered on health equity as part of this public health transformation? Sure. There's this concept that we have in the public health world, which is called the central public health services, the 10 central public health services. And for lack of a better word, you, we kind of colloquially say there are, there are 10 commandments. 
And part of those 10 commandments are not only monitoring diseases, uh, ensuring that you implement strategies, but there's a language in there that speaks to the empowerment of communities. And when you empower communities to make better informed decisions, to have a better understanding of how they can change and advocate for their well-being and also their funding and support, you're actually focusing on one of the key essential elements we've seen in the public health landscape or in society as a whole. Building and making sure those social determinants of health are not going to negatively impact how someone uh, enjoys their life and enjoys their uh, family and enjoys their community. We say where people work, eat, and play have an impact on how well or how long they will live and how healthy their lifestyle will be. During the pandemic, we saw how these disparities were elevated in communities across the country. And it wasn't new. We recognize that this has been an issue that public health and others have been speaking about for, for decades. So focusing on these health equities and building and ensuring that we are operationalizing our approach to building equity and reducing the negative impact on, as we call those social determinants, we are better able to elevate the health and wellness of communities across our country. So the reason why health equity is important, it's not to say it is a, a buzzword, but that it really hits at that social moral fabric of how the delivery of care and the optimization of health and wellness is a right that should be provided to all. One more question for you today, Oscar. What kind of policy agenda is needed to support the continuation of, of work and sustainability? So this is where we get into the weeds, right? We're talking about common data standards, policy-driven efforts, uh, ensuring that there's common language, a shared vision, building on those public-private partnerships, that it's not just a governmental public health approach. The role of academia, the role of community-based organizations, the role of private industry, all of those things are going to be very helpful on a policy-derived effort to ensure that we can support a sustained infrastructure for our data modernization. The authorities that exist for public health have been attacked, uh, especially as a result of the pandemic, whereas rules or abilities for professionals to make decisions have been hampered by virtue of the polarization of our society. Now, what's going to be very important when we think about a policy-based agenda is that understanding a health and all policies approach doesn't mean that we're saying health, health, health only, but that in any essence of a policy-driven approach, that there's an aspect of it that touches on health and wellness, we can find ourselves uh, more successful rather than being in our own individual silos. Well, that is today's Hymnscast. I'd like to thank my guest, Dr. Oscar Allen, Managing Director of the Public Health Division inside the Health Federally Funded Research and Development Center operated by METER. Thank you, Oscar. Thank you so much for having me, and uh, it was such a pleasure to have this conversation. And listeners, stay tuned. Another HIMSCast will be on the way soon. <laughs>